Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Well, let's start it off with Jeff's notes. Actually, let's go ahead and let's, let's get this audio out of the way, and I'll uh, I'll end I'll end with the foosball. Uh, okay, all right. Let me, we have uh, we have audio, yes, yes, we do. I just had to pull up my script on that sort. I know Cam obviously has the audio. All right, well, I'll, all right. I'll you know I'll, no, no, I'm I've go, got it. You good? Okay, I've got it right. Yeah, got it right here. I uh, just had to had to uh, pull it up here. All right, so you know, disappointing loss for Texas. Uh, but uh, unbelievable effort by Quinn Matthews on the mound. We heard from David Pierce last hour, the post-game interview. After that, uh, Roger Wallace uh, was visiting with a couple of the players, Dylan Campbell and Mitchell Daly, down in the dugout. And and you talk about guys who are ready to go right back to work. Campbell ready to go right back to work. I mean, moments after the loss to Stanford, D.C. ready to go with game three. I feel like we've already shaken it off right now. You know, I mean, we're not going to hold on to this. We're just going to forget about it. Um, obviously, it didn't go our way. Um, but we're going to go home tonight and prepare for tomorrow, whatever time that's at. Well, the time is 5 o'clock local time out here. It'll be 7 o'clock Texas time. So that, that's how right after the game that was that Campbell said that. And then, uh, you know, the, that deal about having to – uh, be forced to a final game. It's the first time the Longhorns have faced an elimination game in NCAA play this year. But Campbell was part of that Texas team that dropped game one of the Super Regional in Greenville to East Carolina last year and had to win two in a row to win it and uh, and able to win that one on the road. And so now they're trying to do it in back-to-back years on the road in a decisive third game. Well, yeah, you know, it's never easy, but from where we've been this season, I feel like we've been put in this position a few times. Um, so I feel like we have kind of practiced this before. So we're going to go in tomorrow ready to go, and we know it's at stake, so we're going to go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, so trying to trying to turn the trick on the road in a decisive third game in back-to-back years after not doing all the way since back to 2005 and then there's Mitchell Daly who has uh, become a bit of a hitter during uh, this this thing even for all the struggles Mitch has had himself a good postseason both at the regional with a big home run against Louisiana and also had a big double against Miami had the home run uh, last night and uh, of course Mitch is the one who lifted the fly ball to to right center that wound up getting misplayed in right center by Seaborn Campbell there on Saturday that allowed uh, the first two runs of the five-run inning to score. So Daly has been around the plate. He's been competitive in his at-bats. And he also ready to go back to work and ready to shake this one off. Yeah, that's playoff baseball. You know, we know it was going to be a tough battle. You know, they're they're a good team. That was a good pitcher on the mound. So we didn't expect them expect it to be easy. So uh, same mentality going into tomorrow. You know, our minds were right today. And, uh, you know, we're excited for it, ready for it. Yeah, uh, so that those uh, two bits of sound coming from those guys right after the loss to uh, Stanford saying, let's go, let's get it, you know, run it back. Let's let's get uh, ready for another game against the Cardinal and, and one final opportunity. As we talked about, Jeff, you, if you've got a shot to do a winner-take-all thing one more time, 
for a trip to go to Omaha, you'll take that opportunity just like the Longhorns had to do last year in Greenville at East Carolina. And it's it's interesting when you look at these two teams, Craig, and kind of the history. Like you know, we talked about Texas having to do the winner take all in, in Greenville last year, and then Stanford after last night under David Esker the last two years in regionals and super regionals, they're they're nine and zero now in elimination games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. It, 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 it all it all started obviously with that comeback against Texas State in the regional last year. After yeah, I knew that. You didn't Saturday. have to. You didn't have to remind me, Craig. I knew that was sitting well, out there. So. Well, well, then I was going to move forward and say <laughs> then they had to do it in the super regional against UConn. Then they had to do it this year against Texas A and M after dropping the Saturday game, and so now they dropped the Saturday game, and 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 now they come back and win Sunday, and here the Cardinal once more in position to uh, to win another elimination game. 9-0, and you mentioned, it's been pretty impressive to see uh, at the, the regional and super regional level. Obviously, uh, Stanford, like Texas, went uh, to and out last year in Omaha. but uh, and, and the winner of this game tonight, Jeff, will be the only returning team from last year's College World Series field to go back to Omaha, whoever wins tonight's game. Because both Texas and Stanford made it last year. Uh, and uh, of all the teams that are in the field already, the six you mentioned, who are qualified, and the winner of the Southern Miss-Tennessee game, uh, which would be the seventh, none of those teams were in Omaha last year. Gosh, I just, you know, put in Texas or Stanford, you know, granted, Southern Miss has had a great year, but if you're telling me, hey, you've got to get through a bracket with Wake, Stanford, or Texas, LSU, and Tennessee – Good, good luck with that. You you earn your way into the championship series. Sure, absolutely. And uh, and whichever team comes through that side of the bracket, or or the, they actually call it two separate brackets. They like to say it's bracket one and bracket two. So whoever wins that bracket uh, to get into the championship best of three series. That's why, by the way, uh, Augie Garrido used to term it differently from just about every other collegiate head coach I've heard. When they say it's a season of five championships, your conference championship, your conference tournament championship, your regional championship, your super regional championship, and your national championship. Augie used to say it was actually six championships because you would you say you have your regular season championship, you have your postseason conference tournament championship, then you have your regional championship, your super regional championship, then you have your bracket championship in Omaha, which is just like a regional and then you get to the best of three national championship series, which is like a super regional. So he used to say it's it, it's really two separate tournaments. One, and, and they're both double elimination. It's just that there's four teams in the first one and two teams in the second one, and you can only lose, you know, one one time in each of those. You could actually lose four times in NCAA postseason play and win a national title. You can lose once in the regional, once in the super, once in the bracket format, and once in the uh, national championship series. You can actually lose four games and and still win a national title out of that. Hey, Stanford, Stanford lo- named their starter? Uh, David Esker named his starter for tonight, Craig? He has not. Okay. He has not. He just said we have a number of options, uh, and and uh, I think there's there's – and he's right. They, he said – I believe his, his comment was uh, a number of options – of guys who he said we can piece it together was the way he described it. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all see Matt Scott start. 
Scott, of course, uh, came out of the pen the other day, Saturday for Stanford. Remember, he got the start against Texas A&M in the Monday night game, and then Quinn Matthews came out of the pen and threw 66 pitches in relief. Scott was the starter in that ball game. So it wouldn't surprise me if he started. Uh, I think you could uh, also see uh, Drew Dowd back out there again. He has started three ball games for there. Uh, Nick Dugan has started six games for them. Uh, the, he's a guy that could do it. Uh, Nicholas Lopez. Heck, they could even go with Brady Montgomery, the guy who's been DH, and he started two games for them uh, this year. Now, teams hit him uh, quite a bit. Uh, Brant Panzer is a guy that I think we'll see in the game probably at some point out of the pen. He only made one start, but he's 3-1 and one this year. And then, of course, obviously you could you could mix in Joey Dixon for an inning if he had to. And then I, I don't think we've seen the end of Ryan Bruno. I don't, I don't think we've seen the end of Bruno, the, the closer that the Longhorns uh, patiently waited on his pitches the other day. So it, it, that wouldn't surprise me as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's an opportunity that you'll see several guys on both sides in this final game winner. T- and it'll be a very short leash, I think, every time a pitcher goes to the mound tonight. It's going to be a short leash because, as we know, no tomorrow. Lose, lose and this thing's done. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll see any pitcher out there for very long who, who is not effective. If they start to struggle, then I, I think the hook will be coming. And it's just like so. uh, Dan Fouts, uh, the great Dan Fouts, said in the Water Boy, can't hold anything back. <laughs> Brent Musburger getting mad at him. We know, we know, we know. <laughs> uh, you had a couple of notes. Just got one. Uh, Cam, file this away because I want to get your take on this tomorrow when we can talk more in depth about it. But I mentioned the anonymous Big 12 assistant survey that Athlon Sports runs. And typically, you know, there's a lot of railing against Texas. Uh, They're overrated, whatever. The roster's this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. See how this catches your ears, gentlemen. The anonymous Big 12 assistant to Athlon Sports. They could get scary good if Quinn plays the way he's capable of playing. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to the standard of a Sark team. Losing Bijan is a serious blow, no doubt, but this is the kind of scheme and the kind of roster where you just adjust to the other talent. You don't try to fill a hole. There's so much talent there at tight end and receiver that they're going to burn some teams. And then uh, talking down a little further, the staff has really, really changed that culture. Bo Davis and those guys didn't screw around, and they've been weeding out the typical Texas entitlement we're all used to seeing. Those boys can hit now. They could actually back it up. They could actually back it all up this season. We'll see. So, and I'll, I'll back this up. I heard from one Big 12 staff that watched the Texas spring game as a staff, got about 10 minutes into it, and one of the staff members allegedly said during this roundtable, well, I can tell you who's winning the Big 12 this year. <laughs> so there's there's some internally within the league, there's some confidence about what Texas is on the verge of potentially becoming under Sark. Let me say this before we go to break and get ready to close out the show. You and I, uh, when, when, when this Super Regional game ends tonight, uh, I'll not be on tomorrow because I'll be flying back one way or the other. The team's going to fly back tomorrow morning for what I've been told. They don't have the exact time nailed down, but but we'll be packing and in transit and going mm-hmm. to security and all that. So I'll be out tomorrow flying back. All right, so well, then I'll get back in the town. You and I will have a few shows together. 
then you're going to go on vacation. Yes. And then I'm going to go on vacation. And then the two of us are going to reconvene in Arlington on the 12th of July. And when we get there, it's bound to be one humdinger of a Big 12 football media days, the final time for Texas to go through the car wash that is Big 12 football media days there, the two-day thing going on down there. So I'm really fascinated not only by what we'll hear from Sarkin players, and normally that's an exercise in in just showcasing your program. Yeah. There's – there's there's not an awful lot that normally comes from but the but for like what you just said the attitude and all that other kind of stuff and the approach it's going to be real interesting this this year intriguing for a number of reasons at Big 12 Football Media Day so looking forward to it I don't think you'll see any of this the type of rhetoric that I just read I don't think you'll see any of that on display in a public right. forum but trust me there's there's growing interest around the league on where Sark has this thing headed 